Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fit that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the latest edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by RotoFanatic.com. Check out RotoFanatic's brand new podcast, the RotoFanatic Half Hour Variety Show. Available on the RotoFanatic content channel on all podcast platforms. It's episode 123. Today it's Michael Govier sitting down with a special guest. Gary's off this week as he enjoys his life and lives it up, and football season takes over. But not on this show. Michael Govier welcomes in Joe Gentile. Joe is a badass. He really knows his stuff, and he's going to give you guys some great insights, some wonderful player comps, and everything else you'll need to know to close out 2021 with a fantasy baseball championship, which means money, moolah, wee yeah. It's going to be a doozy of a show like it always is because the Palazzo Podcast always brings their A-game. So strap in and get ready for the madness because we're going to give it to you whether you like it or not. Take it away, boys! Standard Dial, Michael Gauvier here for the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. It's great to be back. We have not done a show in a minute. Uh, last week, did we do a show? I can't remember. Me and Deary. We did something. Something happened. We're supposed to do a show on Wednesday. My power was out, and it just ruined everything. But now we're here Friday. We're, we promised a show Wednesday. 48 hours later, I am here with today's guest. He is Joey G. Joey G knows his baseball. He also knows a lot about life. He's lived in a fascinating and curious life. He's got a lot of stories. I'm really a big fan of his work, uh, his his resolve as well as a human being. He was actually on my other podcast, the First Day Pod, the mental health addiction, uh, you know, wisdom empowerment podcast that I do a few months ago, and that was a great episode. So if you want to learn more about Joe, you can check out that episode on the First Day Pod podcast feed which is available any place you listen to podcast joe how the hell are you i'm doing good man you can't uh can't have a bad day it's friday finally uh off work ready to get the weekend going so you know can't get any better than that 
Yeah, that's not too bad. Nice little Friday night here live talking baseball. Uh, man, we only have a couple weeks left. We're getting to the very end of this thing. I'm excited for it to be over in a sense, frankly, only because there's some leagues that are just so tight that I, I just can't take it. I either have to tune it out entirely or I'll obsess over it, and I don't want to do that. So I'd rather just we just got to the end here. We got a really tight race in my tag team league that me and Eric Cross have been doing. We had a huge lead, and all of a sudden it just shrunk down to nothing, and now Mike Curlin and Zach Waxman are on our ass. So That Mike Curlin, uh, man. Yeah, so annoying. Thanks a lot, Curlin. <laughs> Why are you so annoying? God damn it. Go away. You guys don't belong here. Uh, what about you? You got any leagues that are uh, tight right now? What's the story? Oh, honestly, I, I don't think I was doing that well, and I haven't checked any of my leagues in a month. Um, there you go. I'm only in like three leagues, yeah. Um, I, I, I was dealing with some stuff last month, so I haven't really been paying too much attention, so. Coming clean. That's how we prefer it on this show. That's totally fine. Baseball goes on with or without us, believe it or not. Uh, make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at JoeGentileFT, if you will. Be so kind. Just because Joe has been busy and life happens doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about, though. He's got a lot of baseball knowledge. He's played the game himself. He's got a lot of experience to offer. And on today's show, we're going to cover that. Me and Joe are going to go on a little journey. We'll talk about, you know... Player to spotlight in our catch of the day, but we'll also talk about the offseason, what I'm concerned about. Um, maybe even do a fun first-round mock for the hell of it, maybe. Uh, we'll do the name that runner up fab bit. Haven't played that game in a while. And then we'll do another round of Keeper Conundrums with the two little mice fell into a bucket of cream. Only one of them could come out. Who will it be? We got a couple of doozies. Joe's put together an excellent list of this player or that player that we must choose from. And I'm really excited for that part of the show. And don't forget to uh, follow us and sub the YouTube channel. We need the fu the subs. We would love to have you be our subscriber. Be a part of what we do here. And I'm wearing my Tigers 2006. Uh, you know, we didn't win the World Series, but we did go to the World Series. And that's in itself quite an achievement. I got this out of my mom's old chest. She found this and gave this to me. So 2006 Tigers. Go Tigers. Great time. And it kind of came out of nowhere. Have you ever had a season? Uh, what what team are you a fan of, by the way, Joe? I'm not really sure I even know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I'm a fan of the Brewers. So we've had one World Series, and it was back when they were in the American League. And it 82. Was, yeah, it was 14 years before I was even born. So <laughs> fun, fun fact, anyone that complains about uh, their team sucking, I'm a fan of the Predators, the Titans, the Rays, and the Brewers. So I have a total of zero championships. My God, you poor <laughs> bastard. Yeah, that's uh, that's no fun for anybody. But that 2006 World Series run came out of nowhere because the Tigers had been really, really historically bad in 2003. And then 04 and 05, they got a little bit better. They fired Alan Trammell, brought in Jim Leland, and then boom! All the way to the World Series in 06. It just kind of happened. That can happen in baseball. Kind of like the Giants this year. They've just taken off. The Giants do remind me of the 2006 Tigers in the way that they were not supposed to be super good. They had some talent, but they've been their record is insane. Yeah, that 2006 uh, playoffs was fun. That was the Andy Chavez catch, if you remember that. Yes, it was. Mets versus Cards. I wish the Mets yeah. would have made... I wish the Mets would have won that game because we would have beat the Mets, but no, we had to lose <laughs> to the Cardinals. God damn I was, it. I was rooting for the Tigers until Adam Wainwright came in. So once Rain, Wainwright came in, big fan of him, so I just had to cheer for him and just let the Cardinals win. That was 15 years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, Adam Wainwright is still throwing like eight. he's going in the ninth inning the other day this past week in 2021. It's ridiculous. He must be on the Tom Brady plan or something because he's found something. He's he's still doing it. He's having a great year too. I don't even know his ADP coming into the year was probably like close to it was was it in the 300s? I can't remember. It wasn't anything but, serious. Yeah, nobody cared. He definitely was not yeah. a top 300 guy being drafted that way at all. Man. So, yes, that's definitely one of the big surprises of the season. You think about some of the surprises, uh, you think about that, uh, all the injuries were a huge surprise. Those those tailed off eventually, too. But, you know, when we close the season, we'll do our kind of, hey, this is what we learned and this is what really blew us away. But for today's show, we're here to talk about Joe. Joe, what else should people know about you before we move on to the next area of the show? Oh, that's not much to know. Um, Just a big (laughs) baseball guy. Um as you said, we've done the mental health podcast, which um, I thought was great. You and Leanne are always yeah. great to talk with. And uh, no, I got a couple. Um, I probably won't be posting many articles. I got a project I'm working on um, coming up. I'm interviewing some hitting coaches from organizations and basically breaking down not only like bad at ball data, but, you know, how things um I need more insight from my perspective so I can build an algorithm and all that, but also like things we don't think about, like how plate discipline can actually affect bad at ball data. Like if a batter hits a lot of balls outside the zone, you know, they're going to probably have worse bad at ball data than their um, raw skills would suggest. And, you know, something I've never thought about is how pole hitters could actually have, higher strikeout rates than their like contact metrics would suggest as well because higher pull hitters or even less disciplined hitters will hit more foul balls and more foul balls lead to, you know, less balls and plays deeper counts and that'll lead to more strikeouts. So it's, it's a bunch of interesting stuff and I just want to going to start getting some feedback from people that actually are more in the industry of baseball. Great call, Joe. I love it. We'll be looking forward to that. Make sure you keep us posted, and we will support it fully here on the Palazzo Podcast. Uh, Deary is busy. It's Friday night. He likes to live his life more often on Fridays than I do. Me and Joe are here for you, though, so if you have any questions, pop them in the live chat, and we will get to them. Anything you want to talk about? The final couple weeks here, some head-to-head strategy. You know, you're in your playoffs right now. Are you in your championship week? Are you in the semifinals? And right now, tonight, some... Pitching matchups are really dictating some of those outcomes. Robbie Ray's been on a tear, but he got shelled in the first inning against the O's tonight. Give up three runs. Cedric Mullins hit his 28th. He's two away from 30. The 30-30 season will be realized for Cedric Mullins. That's a surprise. I mean, he was good. He's a solid player, and there's excitement about his future coming into 2021, but nobody thought he'd be 30-30. Not even Justin Mason, my good friend, thought that it was going to be a 30-30 season. Hey, now, you guys called me crazy for my bold prediction that he'd be a 2020 guy this season. Did we? Yeah. That was, well, don't then, look at my other bold predictions, though. Don't. Just, <laughs> just that one. Well, shit, Joe. Well, then we have to uh, eat our words on that one. Great call on Cedric Bowens. What did you see in Cedric that you liked? Um, This is um, – his exit velocities weren't great, but he actually had some, like, good max exit velocities, which showed higher raw power. I didn't dig in too deep to it, but – he has some power in the minors and his max exit velocities were pretty good. And so I'm guessing probably 
small sample sizes. And I bet you he was probably a high bunt guy as well. And that'll bring down your exit velocity. So it, the raw skills were there. He had good contact metrics. He had good plate discipline. So I could, I saw it. I didn't see this type of season, but you know, I thought he could be a 20, 20, hitter. I think I can't remember my projection on him. Okay. Well, Justin Mason was one of the biggest guys in the industry on him, so I'm going to give Justin credit too. But you and Justin have something in common, and that's a good thing because those guys know what they're talking about. And when you need fantasy baseball advice, those are the type of people you want to hit up. Uh, you can also hit us up, Plaza Podcast. We're presented by rotofanatic.com. We have a new show we've been doing the last couple of weeks called the Rotofanatic Half Hour Variety Show. The latest episode just came out, and you can listen to it on the Rotofanatic content channel. Carmeirano, Matt Williams, Paul Mamino, Mr. Dr. Mike Carter, Davey Funnel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people, short amount of time. Tons of information, half hour or less, basically. That's what we're trying to do on the Rotofanatic half hour variety show. Please go check that out. We'll be doing it until the season ends. Every Thursday, new episodes come out. Having said that, people are probably still wondering about... What's going on with the Palazzo Invitational? Is it over? Yeah, it's still pretty over. Every time I bring it up once a week to kind of check in on the standings, it's the same old story. Richard Sands dominates. And Richard, I hope you're getting ready. Getting ready for that trophy, that overall championship. We are in contact with the trophy maker. He's working on it now, and it hopefully will be done by season's end. And I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see it in real life. It's going to be very, 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 very cool. I love trophies. Trophies are so much fun. You can do so much with a trophy, and you can also have it forever. It'll be a testament to the amazing, amazing dominance of Richard Sands, who continues to hold a 522-point lead to Yancey Eaton, who's in second place. 471 points. So, Yancey, I'd love to see you win, too. You know I love you very, very much. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. But Richard Sands has got this locked in. Uh, did you play any DCs, Joe? Any DCs on NFC this year? No, not this year. All I did was, um, I think, two or maybe three NFBC 50s and uh, TGFBI. And that was it this year. All right, keeping it simple. I don't like the DC. I've said that on the show. I think I'm out next year. And we'll also change the format of the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. We'll, I'd like to keep it on NFBC. I'll talk to Derek about that in the offseason. Maybe we'll try a different format. Maybe we'll rotate different formats each year, keep it fresh, you know, see if we can get varied challenges for each player. And, Joe, we got to get you in next year. I was going to say, i got to get in there next year. You just got to let me know when, and I'll hop I in. I will. You damn right I will. I will keep you posted, no doubt about it. Uh, and that's pretty much it for business time. We want to thank all the new followers to the Plaza channel. We've definitely slowed down a bit. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, been trying to do at least one show a week here as we close out the season. Uh, but football is starting to take control. I'm working on football stuff now, too. Uh, if you're into football, by the way, you can check out a football pod I just started for Fantrax because I'm over at Fantrax. I'll also be writing two articles a week for Fantrax fantasy football coverage starting next week. So make sure you go to Fantrax HQ. Check that out if you like me. Maybe you like what I write. And maybe you like the podcast. It's called the Fantasy Football POV, capitalized. Fantasy Football, capitalized POV. Check that out on your favorite podcast platform. Joe, do you play a lot of fantasy football? Uh, I got one home league right now. Um, I'm really excited. I actually picked up Latavius Murray yesterday right before he signed with the Ravens. So I'm Ooh. feeling good. 
Okay. I don't know to, uh, if I'd expect much out of him, but it is a good pickup. There's no doubt about it. That's a smart move. Uh, he does seem to fit their system, though, so maybe I'll be wrong. I just feel like the passing attack's going to take off for the Ravens now because they've just had so many injuries to the running back position, and this is the time for them to shine at the passing level. But that's not what they do either, right? Yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hoping for big things. Um, I don't know if he'll play this week, but um, whenever he does get in, I'm hoping for big things. Big thing, big pimping. I never knew. Uh, yeah, big pimping, man. That was old school. Taking it back. You like Jay Z? Oh, Jay Z. That's one of my go tos when I'm in the gym. Oh, okay. Classic. All right. Uh, favorite Jay Z song? Um, listen to him in the gym. What was it? Um, numb, numb and encore combined. That's song is just great in the gym. Ninety nine right. problems also. A classic. You need, you, need, you need something. You need something to get you pumped up and ready to go. No doubt about it. You want to lift those weights. You want to take it to a new level. You want to reach. I mean, Joe's in great shape, by the way. If you've never seen Joe, he is a fine-looking man, a great specimen. Takes care of his body, and uh, it wasn't always that way, though. So Joe's story is—I tell you—it's a great story. It's a hell of a story. Uh, don't forget, Phil Goyette and I do the prospect show. We didn't do it this past Monday because it was Labor Day weekend, and everybody deserves a day off. But we do it on Monday around 5 p.m. Eastern time. Me and Phil talk prospects for a half hour. It's the Palazzo Podcast Power Half Hour. Prospects Power Half Hour? It's something like that. Either way, you'll love it. It's a great show. All righty. So there it is. That's some of the stuff you need to know about. And that means it's time to get into Leading Off. Leading off, we always give you the catch of the day. Our first catch of the day. And today, Joe would like to spotlight a player who... (laughs) Actually, a couple players, but this player in particular is very, very specific. You can't play him all the time, but when he does play, especially against certain matchups, he's very, very, very productive. What the hell is up with Darren Ruff, Joe? Dude, I love this guy. Um, You talk about a guy that... Even last season, he put up a tremendous season, and no one seemed to talk about him. And I know it's the platoon issue, but we just need to highlight the San Francisco first baseman real fast because, and I mean, Ruff plays outfield too, but um, Brandon Belt and Darren Ruff are just ridiculous guys the past two seasons. Um, Their weighted runs created plus are like around 150 right now uh, the past two seasons, and They've got some raw power, but they also got some tools. They can hit for average. I mean, these are guys that will be like 260. I I think they're more around 260, 270 hitters. They have 30 home run potential, and they got good plate discipline. The thing with Ruff is he has that raw power. Um, I'd probably say, I don't know, maybe around 75th, 85th percentile raw power. But he doesn't have the swing and miss you get with a lot of guys with his type of power, which is really nice. If he can yeah. be a mid-20s strikeout rate guy and hit for how he's been hitting, I think if the DH comes to the NL next year, I'm pretty sure they'll play him. Yeah, that would be a huge boon for him. This is a guy to spotlight if the DH does come to the NL. That's a great, great call. That makes Sometimes someone says something, and it just slides right into like a slot in my brain. And it makes total sense to me. That is something that makes a lot of sense. He's 35 years old, but uh, he's been around the game a long time, and he's obviously not slowing down. So 
there's a certain amount of I mean, to me, he's your classic platoon guy. He really is. But the numbers he's offering as a platoon player are are really, really good. <laughs> so he's had quite he's had a career year in a sense, which is very odd. Uh, what about Brandon Belt? I love Belt. I was looking into the um I guess it's kind of like sweet spot percentage, but I kind of have my own type of sweet spot sweet spot percentage. And Belt was like I think he was top three or top five. Um, I know he was behind like Omar Nevias, which is a really weird name um, that stood out. But Belts are really good at just driving the ball. And he's not like a straight pole hitter. So he, he kind of drives it to all fields. And the thing I was surprised when you dig deep into Belt is you probably like if I say Brandon Belt, you probably think more of a power hitter rather than like a contact hitter type guy right yeah yeah um some might yeah yeah i i don't think his raw power is that great i think what he does offer is optimal launch angles um his zone contact over the years has been great so that gives me hope that there might be more in the strikeout percentage and i don't think he's going to be a 28 percent strikeout guy going forward um and he just drives the ball. So he should, he should be a high BAPIP guy. And I know the XBA and all that this year is not great. I know he's actually overachieving from those standards, but when I look at it, his ability to drive the ball, get optimal launch angles, he could be, you know, if everything clicks and he can lower that strikeout rate to, I'm going to say low twenties. If he, if he can be like a 20, 21% strikeout rate guy, that might be a 270 hitter with 30 home run potential right there. But again, we know San Francisco likes the platoon, so we got to figure out how much he'll play. Yeah, that's going to be the problem, and it's only going to get worse. You know, he's only going to get older, unfortunately. This is another guy. He's 33. It's amazing. His career flew by. He, people expected so much from Brandon Belt. I expected a lot. I thought it would be a great career, a guy who could give you 25 to 30 home runs with a very elite OBP. He's got a great eye. He's always walked well. He's got a career 12% walk rate. Uh, so I never worried about that, but he never quite gave the contact that I hoped I would get out of him as a contact hitter. As Joe just laid out quite well, and this is his first career 20 homer season. Isn't that bonkers? Is this really his first one? He had a 19 or something, or he's had 18. Man. Yep. It's unbelievable. He never could crack 20. Uh, I know he's had injury problems galore too, but he's played plenty of seasons where he had enough plate appearances where he could have at least cracked 20 and he never did. That's nuts. Do you want to know something um, funny, not really fantasy baseball related? But back when I was a kid, um, Brandon Belt was coming up to the minors, and he had this weird thing, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he wouldn't sign baseball cards when he was in the minor leagues. Like, he would sign a baseball or, like, a magazine, but he would not sign baseball cards. Huh. It's one of the weird... Blasphemy to him or something? (laughs) I I don't know. I, I, I just remember there was something weird, and... Someone can tell me if I'm incorrect and in making something up. But I remember because I used to get autographs and him and Posey came up around the same time in Crawford. And Belt had some weird thing where he wouldn't sign baseball cards. King Griffey Jr., I think, is the same way, too, if, if I'm correct. Because I went to a Reds Fest and Griffey would only sign like baseballs. <laughs> Yeah, you baseball players are goofy. But hey, here's to congratulations to Brandon Belt. First 20 home run season of his career. Yay! In 2021, he finally did it. Good for you, buddy. All right, there it is. Uh, some players to take note of. As the season winds down, there's also players who've been called up 
that might make an impact. In fact, we talked about this on the Road Fanatic Half Hour Variety Show. Please check it out. Phil Goyette mentioned a couple of names, prospects that have been called up that will help you close out 2021 with a title. Wouldn't you want that? You know you would. I know it's football season and nobody cares about this anymore. I can tell by our viewership and I can tell by the reduction in downloads over the last three weeks. It's very obvious. Uh, you guys are like, hey, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Or, you know, you're like a lot of us who our team sucks. So you just don't care anymore. I get that, too. But if you dynasty players, you got to stay on top of things all year long. There's no breaks for dynasty. You got the end of the season coming up and there's guys that have been on the injured list who are probably free agents on your waiver wire that you should consider picking up. So don't think that Dynasty isn't, you know, is not a 24-hour-a-day kind of 365 thing because it really is, in my opinion. It really matters a lot. You'll have first-player drafts coming up later on and all this stuff. And with Arizona Fall League coming up soon, that's another reason to take note and get focused and find out who's going to kick ass there because the Arizona Fall League has given rise to some players who have really taken off from there. Every year, somebody makes an impression. Pete Alonso did it one year, and then he took off in real life. Uh, Arizona Fall League, are you uh, a big fan of trying to check out the Arizona Fall League when it happens, or you just kind of catch up on the stats later on? Uh, the stats I really don't care about, but I do try and keep up with a little bit of what's going on. Um, like when Peter, when Pete Alonzo and Alec Baum, they are two guys that stick out to me. They had something like um, 110, 112 exit velocities one day, and I was just like... I was like, that's what you need to see in a young guy like that. That that just shows great potential right there. Um, another guy, Jared Oliva, um, he really broke out there, oh, yeah. and that's when he kind of got on prospect boards. So, I mean, it's really good just to pay attention to and just see, you know, you don't want to put too much weight into it, but things can change. Um, who was the top prospect recently that struggled and did really well? I think Royce Lewis and maybe – did Bobby Witt, or am I making Bobby Witt up? Royce Lewis, I know, he was struggling, and then he had a really good uh, that, Yeah, Royce, I remember that. Yeah, Bobby, I don't think so. I think Bobby just took off this year, and yeah. his spring training was really good for Bobby Witt as well, and that started to make, hey, why shouldn't he be on the opening day roster? But no, come on. He's had a great year the whole year, and he never even sniffed the Major League roster. It's hilarious. Well, but, Michael, why would you put him on the Major League roster when he can have team control? I know that's, but that leads that ex exactly, Joe. That leads into our next discussion here, the off season. I want to know how you feel about it because I've talked about it a lot on the show all year long. You know the dreaded end of days scenario coming December first, the CBA expires. I haven't heard a whiff of any type of negotiation that's even started. I know we're still in the season, but there's only two months to go until this thing expires. You usually start to hear some stuff like, "Well, they've started to have some chats and blah blah blah." What do you think, Joe? What are we in for here? What do you, what are you based on what you know about baseball and you've been around the game, you understand it, you know how people work too. What are you expecting? What are you personally expecting? Um all right, I'll start off by saying I don't really know what's going to happen. What I'm expecting is like what's happened most of the years, the heads of the MLB MLBPA Will are older guys, and they'll probably do something with the owners to get what they want, and the owners will kind of get what they want. But then the guys that get kind of screwed will be the younger guys, um, the younger major leaguers, and obviously the minor leaguers because they don't have any representation. Which the minor league, I mean, I'm gonna, it, it's just aggravating how major league teams they cut minor league teams like 40 or 50 affiliated teams. 
And then, and then like, I think they gave some of the minor league guys a little bit of a raise, but they, they still don't pay them enough. Um, like, I don't, for people that don't know, there are minor league guys that their yearly salary, like two or three years ago, was six thousand dollars. That that's yep. that's that's your salary. So and and that's their salary, and they have to pay for their own living expenses. Like the team doesn't give them hotels or apartments or anything to stay in. So if you're a minor league guy and you're making that money, you actually really don't want to get called up to like double A or get sent down to single A or wherever you don't want to move because then you have to get out of your lease and get a new lease. And it's just all like, they can't live. Um, yep. I think teams need to pay for the living. Um, and let's get them a little bit of money. We, they're not asking for a million dollars. They're just asking to be able to live. It's just like college athletes. Yeah. They're just trying to survive. They couldn't go out to get meals and shit. It was ridiculous. And at least some of that has been changed. This is the next wave. Minor leaguers need that representation, but they don't have it, like you said. So what you painted a picture over there was actually kind of accurate, I feel like. You know, the top ends of both sides will take care of their sides, but there'll be people that'll be left to starve or be screwed. As based on what you just told me, I don't think you believe that there's gonna be a change on these service time manipulation issues that were agreed to in the last CBA. Uh, no, I, I think there'll probably be something with service time, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as it should be. What needs to be? Okay. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I we don't know. We're two bozos I, on the internet talking baseball, but <laughs> I mean, if you ask me like how I would set it up, I, I genuinely think a player should be paid the value he's worth. So if, a guy has one year in the majors, but he hits like Mike Trout, then he should probably be paid like Mike Trout. But this is sports, so we don't need to treat it like a business, but at the same time, the owners are going to treat it like a business. So it's, if that makes sense, because people say it's sports. Well, this is how sports always worked. And then, you know, but then the owners are going to treat it like a business. I think like at my job, my boss doesn't pay me a rookie salary for three years and then I go into arbitration <laughs> for three years with him and then I go to free agency. If I want to leave, I can leave anytime. These current rules are still leftover relics of the suppression that the system started with in the first place. Basically started with nothing. Do you want another hot take? Oh, no, hell yeah. I, I, Sizzle I think, that shit. I, I think a lot of people are going to disagree with. We should get rid of the draft. Whoa. Let players sign with teams in which they want to sign with or who offers them the most money. Because, again, manipulation with seniors in college, if a team can draft you and sign you to basically whatever they want because they know you don't have another choice. So just let players, basically like free agency, where they just go um, to a team and whatever team offers them the most money, they go to That's intense. That is a hot take. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, that'd be cool, too. That's just never, ever going to happen, but I'd like to see no, that. I, I like just, <laughs> you know it's not going to happen either, but it is a hot take. Yeah. That's a sizzler right there, baby. Woo! I'm fired. God damn. Okay. Damn! I like it. I'll tell you this. That one's never going to happen. That one is long gone. Yeah, it's long gone. Right? It's okay. But I'll say this as well. Going back to the 1900s, 1920s, when there was no blacks in baseball at all, that was a thing. Yeah, don't forget that, everybody. This 
sport, unfortunately, is rooted in racism and wage oppression. It really is. And until a full reckoning and acceptance of that, there's a lot of fluff and crap about, you know, Jackie Robinson Day. I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but I don't think the owners, they know what optics look like. So they do things that make it look like they care or that they get it. But they don't. They don't get it. They, they, they still don't. And players should be free to get as much as they possibly can. And all these restrictions are not for the good of the game. I don't see it that way at all. I believe in a fair market for fair value. And that's not what we have right now. And if players are as pissed... If I'm just some bozo sitting here talking about it, if I was a player, I'd be much more angry about it. And hopefully they can coalesce that frustration and anger into one message as a union. And that's the problem, though, because you have so... you have hundreds and hundreds of players and you just don't know if they could be on the same page yeah and then someone i saw someone post something about ozzy alby's salary have you seen that like the details of it it's crazy it's uh seven years 35 million dollars but then i think they also have like two team options in there as well so like i was like i was like dude just pay the dude you don't need the team options you already got a great deal i just don't it's, yeah, I mean, well, he signed the deal too, though. Yeah, but you we're, need we're, that. He, he, who knows? Well, yeah, and I, I think he talked about. I'm, I'm not going to go into that, but I'm complaining about millionaires right now. But millionaires and billionaires. But the one thing I will say that I would love to see get taken care of is the guys that aren't making that type of money. Yeah, the guys that need a. But I, I don't think clear. it's going to happen. Yeah. Of course it's not going to happen. You made it clear, and a lot of people agree with you. And there's been hey, there's articles and there's tweets about how minor leaguers live. I remember the one earlier this year. I remember the, the posted photos of the type of lunch that the minor leaguers get. It's like a piece of bread with like a dry piece of cheese. I mean, it's, it's all trash, and there's no respect for it. And unless there's a real organization here and a stand is taken, the only way to make change, unfortunately, it seems especially in labor wars, is sacrifice. And uh, we haven't seen that in baseball in a while. I mean, there's been no strike for a long, 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 long time. But I think it's kind of kind of come to that. Either It's going to be either the strike or a lockout. Something's going to happen. And I've said this before, so and I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but I'm, let's be realistic. I try to be honest and authentic on this show. I don't try to give you guys bullshit fairy tales. What's happening? is going to be a massive challenge. Lawyers crawling up lawyers' asses with the best of them. It's going to be a real, real challenge. In fact, I talked to some of my guys in my home league when we just we just did our uh, lotto draft. We have a lottery for the top three picks to try to incentivize no tanking, which is cool. So we were all on our Zoom chat talking about the dates that our commissioner just sent out to us for the offseason. You know, here's uh, the winter meeting schedule, and here's when keeper declarations will be due. And I was like, I, you should throw all those dates out the window because I I wouldn't be so sure that the winter meetings are going to happen in early December. with the, Without a CBA, there won't be a winter meetings, and we're just going to be floating around wondering what's happening. So I, told, I just thought it was honest to say be prepared for all of these dates to be moot because we don't know when we're going to have a new deal and when spring training will start. It could get that bad. It really, really could. And frankly, I'd kind of like to see it. The game needs to change. The game needs a lot of change. And not just the CBA stuff, the business side of it, but the actual game itself, which is part of the CBA. 
Well, don't say the game needs change. Rob Manfred's going to make it worse. I'm hoping guys like Theo Epstein and other people in that realm are going to make it better. That's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping. I hope so. We, we just, I mean, I, I won't go down the Rob Manfred manhole, but that yeah, one. Yeah, we all bozo Manfred. He's a, dude, he's a douche. Everyone knows he's a douche. So. Yeah. But he doesn't control everything here, so that's the good news. If there's a showdown, he can't just make things happen. And to your point, I if anything from the COVID season taught us anything, the Players Association and the owners, they are not great at communicating, and they will leak stuff to the press as soon as they can. So yep. um, I think it was a place association that like the owners or someone probably leaked something and they were like, we hadn't gotten any like information on that yet. They're like, I don't know why that's in the news. So yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. So here's the only piece I did find a piece of information. MLB proposes new service time rules in latest CBA negotiations per report. And this was September 1st. So that is, Indicative that they are technically having discussions. I, I don't know if that's this could be propaganda. It could be not. I don't even know. It's on CBSSports.com, which is a legit website, of course. So take that for what you will. But it says last month, MLB and the MLBPA held their first face-to-face negotiation session in an effort to reach a new CBA. Okay, so they did meet face-to-face in August. That did happen. Just didn't hear much go. about it. Now, the fact that I didn't hear much about it. Just kind of leads me to believe that not much really happened <laughs> positively. That, but honestly, that might be a good thing with how when we do hear about it, it's usually the world's on fire in that's baseball terms. So maybe it's yeah, a good maybe, thing. Yeah, maybe you're right. That's actually hey, this is why we have Joe on here talking live with Joe EG. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Gentile FT. I'm at MJ Govier on Twitter. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast on Twitter. Two L's two Z. Utah. Give me two. All right. Well. CBA talk, we'll leave it there. You guys know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, we hope you found that enlightening and useful. We're just trying to get you guys prepared for the worst. And if things go well, then yay, great, cool. I'm all ready. I'll be thrilled. But I don't want to see some of the same old stuff that is negative about this game from the business and the actual gameplay side continue. I don't want to see it. So I believe change is hard fought. It's not something that just is given to you. You have to earn it sometimes. And it might... It might be some sacrifice that leads to that change. All right. Having said that, it's time for us to have some fun, enjoy our lives. You know, it's time to think about where we've been. Where are we going? You know, I don't really know. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Yeah, that's true, Tom. Yeah, and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Oh, yeah, 4 nothing ball game. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> By the way, uh, Nick Castellanos is, <laughs> I think he's his fiance. I don't know if they're married or not. Yeah. She was pretty She was pretty pissed on Twitter about a week ago saying that joke's getting tired. But uh, unfortunately, it's not, it's Tom Brenneman's fault. It's not her husband's fault. Nick Castellanos is a, having a great season for the Cincinnati Reds. He should just be disappointed that the Reds and, Bailey Sports or whoever the hell it is that runs the Reds TV play-by-play, they should have pulled Brenneman off the air before that, so we never made that home run call. <laughs> yeah, and those replies in that tweet she sent out went about as well as you would have expected. <laughs> oh, man, it was so... I gotta admit, I laughed a few times. Uh, I don't know her personally, and I'm sure it's it's not great. If, if it was me... I mean, it's not like Nick's being made fun of. He's just a part of a, a moment in history that is just so so weird and, like... So, so one of the weirdest so, moments ever. Yes, yes, that's a thing. 
It's nothing personal, Nick Castellanos, at all. It's not even about you. It's just that your name, you just happen to hit a home run, which is a great thing for your team, during one of Tom Brenneman's final moments on the air because he was a homophobe. Yeah. Not good. Not good for him. So, at any rate, uh, I, it's, I don't know. I'll probably still use it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like to be an automaton, and you can tell me what to do, and I do respect people, and I try to be, you know, empathetic to other people's needs and wishes but uh you know funny's funny and living life still one day we'll all be dead and none of this will mean anything so nobody wants to hear that but it is true so eventually you know let's just enjoy the time we have here let's live it up to the fullest extent right joe exactly let's do it i like i like i I like the new drop you got i I hadn't heard that yet on uh, the show so i like it (laughs) hey thanks i appreciate that uh you know it's funny because I think about all these stupid drops I use, and uh, sometimes it's hard to incorporate them all into the show, but I like to have a laugh. I think fantasy baseball is a lot of fun, too. It's a long season, though, and if we don't have a few laughs along the way, we're going to burn out quickly, so that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I, I was I was thinking about it. I'm going to give you some credit right here. I think um, when I first heard your podcast, loved it. Loved your energy and everything because you just have it to where – Everyone's comfortable. You're just two dudes talking. Because I feel like when it first started, like podcasts and TV and all that, you had to be like professional suit and tie. And I think the best the best podcasts are just the people talking, having fun. So I don't think there's anyone that brings more energy to a podcast than you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a humbling moment here on the Plaza Podcast with Joey G. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. I feel the same way about you. I think you have a lot of potential as a future stud in this game. And you also, I just love you as a person regardless. So I don't give a shit. You know, if you were just some asshole, I probably wouldn't have you on the show. So I think you know that. Having said that, let's get to know Joe a little bit better in the segment we'd like to call Enrico's Inquisition. What do you say, Joe? You in? Let's go for it. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Scott Boris or Rob Manfred? I could do without hearing Scott Boris all the time on Twitter. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh. <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. Oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. You know, I've been thinking about the music podcasts out there. There's some cool music pods, and I like to talk music when we start the Enrico's Inquisition. Uh, what You talked about Jay-Z, but what else do you love? What else is the music that really gets you inspired? It could be chill. It could be fired up. It could be anything. What are some of your favorite artists? All right, I'm going to go cop-out answer and say I listen to everything, but kind of, um, if I'm in the gym, uh, I do uh, some rock, some of that, like, some rap usually around, you know, the Jay-Z, Tech 9 type stuff, um, and then I some dubstep is always my gym mix. Um, if I'm going for really heavy, you got to go with that Disturbed, man. I think Disturbed are is probably more useful than pre-workout steroids or creatine i think that's probably <laughs> more people have gone jacked off disturbed than anything um 
And then usually though, uh, high school, I always go back to high school. My favorite artists were like Kid Cudi, Chance the Rapper, um, Charles Gambino, those type of guys. Hmm. Okay. All right. I like it. That's a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, for the podcast version, we'll have some of that playing underneath. Uh, the YouTube version, we can't do that because they don't like us. They don't like <laughs> us using the music on the YouTube, but podcast, who cares? I got to say, uh, Disturbed never did it for me. Um, right, weren't they the guy, though? Uh, yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> I remember that yeah. song. Disturbed, yeah. I've never never listened to Disturbed, and then I got in the gym, and I was I just want to be angry when I go. So that stuff will just get you as angry as possible. Hey, own it, man. You know, I have no guilty pleasures. I'll listen to whatever the hell I want to listen to. I love, you know, I love Creed. Creed was a fun band for me when I was 19 years old. I listened to Creed all the time, and they got ripped apart. I mean, Creed's legacy is god-awful, but they had a couple good albums there for a while, and I stand behind it, so I'm just, I'm going to be honest. In fact, my guy Brian Seymour of, uh, formerly of the Roto Wager podcast, now co-host with Matt Williams on the Turn 2 podcast. He loves Creed. He brought that up on the show earlier this year. So I found someone who could connect with him. Thanks, Brian. And he also does a music podcast. Uh, I don't, have you checked that out? Have you heard his uh, new music podcast, What This Song Means to Me? It's pretty cool. I haven't yet. I should. I've, um, As I said, I've been out of the loop the past month, so i got to get back into everything, see what's going on in the world. I'm going to strongly recommend it. What This Song Means to Me. I did an episode. Uh, it was pretty cool. Basically, someone brings a song to the table, one song, and they basically tell you a story. It's like a half-hour story about their life through one song, and I really dig it. I think it's a great idea. It's fresh and original, and there's been several episodes now. Uh, Rob DiPietro did one about Pearl Jam's release. Uh, That was really good. I enjoyed that one. So, I want to recommend that. Also, my buddy, Al Melchior. I know he's out there. He has a podcast where he says it's him. You and an album. And I was also on that show, so I admit that freely. Full disclosure. You mean an album. He sits down with the person who brings an album to the table. Al listens to it for the first time for a couple days, and then they have a conversation on it on the podcast about it. It's a great pod. I love it. And just in case, Al, you think I forgot about you, I have not. I love the podcast still. I've been a little bit busy. But I want to make sure people out there are listening to You Mean an Album and What This Song Means to Me. Two great music podcasts with really fresh original ideas. So lock that in, Joe, if you ever find the time. I got it. And you can expand your music base, too. That's what's cool. That's what I like about it, because I learned about other music I didn't know about. Yeah, and I think it's really cool to see some of the fantasy guys doing things outside of fantasy baseball. Because, you know, there's more to baseball, surprisingly, than in the world. This is all there is. No? Okay. My apologies. We have nothing left. (laughs) That's all we've got. This is all I have. Uh, we're talking with Joe and Enrico's Inquisition. Uh, Joe, would you rather be stabbed or arrested? Uh, arrested. Yeah, that's what I thought. I feel like that one hits a little too close to home. That's okay. Sorry. I ask it to everybody. It's actually one of our standard questions. Yeah. That one. Just... <laughs> I've been I've been arrested. I've been arrested. I I, I kind of feel like maybe I. No, I'd rather be arrested. What, well, what, what am I? What am I getting? What would I get arrested for? Is it like public? Yeah, or, that's yeah. another story too. What is yeah. the charge? The charge could be devastating. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't tell you that. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you know, I've had a, a brother of mine was stabbed. It was crazy. It was like yeah. a full. Like he got stabbed in the in like the abdomen. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. He survived though. He lived. Well, I'm glad. 
Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're out there. I love you, yeah. my brother. You're still out there living your life and uh, full recovery. That was 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, what about this? Uh, paper towels or napkins? Paper towels. Yeah, I agree. They have more use. More, a little more, more absorbent. Yeah. Yes, more absorbent. I can, I, can make, I can make a paper towel into a napkin. Napkin going to paper towel thing <laughs> big mess doesn't work, so... Yeah, I guess it's kind of a no-brainer when you put it like that. That's true. Shit, I don't think about it like that. Uh, hmm. Would you rather have a Mac or a Windows computer? Windows. Macs, Macs. I work in IT, and if I have a Mac computer, I'm going to be just... just am I allowed to cuss? Fuck yeah. All right, I'm going to be shit out of luck if I have a Mac computer. Why, you like to tinker? You can't, you're limited? Well, I got I got a hook into stuff and all that, and I don't even know if they have like a Ethernet port. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't if they don't even have that. So, I would. you know what's funny about that? I'm on a Mac right now. I bought it last year. It's a MacBook Pro, and I had to buy an adapter for the Ethernet. I'm connected to yep. the Ethernet, but I did have to buy the uh, USB-C adapter to do that. Yeah. So my job is hooking up to routers and stuff, and setting them up, and putting in static IPs and stuff. So not going to work for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to work for anybody. Uh, but I do like my Macs. Uh, I don't know. I, it got simpler. I was a PC guy growing up for most of my life, but somehow I got to this point. I don't know. Maybe I've lost my way. Hmm. Something for me to ponder, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're doing a Rico's Inquisition here with Joey G, and Joe has given us some answers to some of the standard issue questions. Uh, we always ask this one, though. What's your favorite pitch? Is it the slider, the changeup, or the curveball? Of those three pitches, which one's your favorite? I need hold on. Easy. Change Take it. your time. Change up. All right, all right. Favorite pitch by what I want to see a pitcher? Like, you most can, just these three pitches. Aesthetically yeah, pleasing mm-hmm. or what What I want to see a pitcher, like, what will get the best results? Slider, I think, will get the best results, but... Independent of the pitcher throwing it, if there was a pitch thrown, you just feel like that. That is just... It's so beautiful, that pitch, when it's done right. If it's done by the perfect type of pitcher... Would it be the changeup, the slider, or the curveball? Is there anything more beautiful than Devin Williams' changeup? Well, there you go. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a more beautiful pitch in the MLB, so I gotta go with that. Yeah, the changeup actually wasn't a part of this question for a long time, but uh, shout out to our old friend Michael Simeone. He came on here, and we asked him that question: slider or curveball? And he's like, "What about the changeup?" And I was like, "All right, well, you're right. We gotta get that changeup in there." Uh, Devin Williams. Is he going to be the closer in Milwaukee next year? Um, I would. Are you saying if Hater gets traded or something? Well, come on. How many years of Hater rumors? They kind of died down, it seems, actually recently. But, man, we we went through a lot of Hater rumors over the last year and a half. I don't want to say Hater will get traded, but if you look at how the Brewers have been able to develop pitchers that kind of come out of nowhere, um, I could see Hader getting traded and Brewers really not losing that much out of their bullpen. Like, they could trade Hader, get, you know, hitting's always been their problem, so I could see them trading Hader for hitting, and their bullpen wouldn't be as worse off as you would think, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Hey, what is it the Brewers know about pitching that they don't know about hitting? <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say they're minor league hitters they got coming up. I'm pretty impressed with their scouting and development. I just think um, they're just not – 
big market, I guess, is the way to put it. They don't spend a lot oh, of money. God. So. I hate that shit. Come on. I, 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 market I, story. I, I, I know. Well, you know what I mean. They're not they're not spending a lot of money. How about that? Oh, that's true. They will spend a smaller amount. Yes. Well, they are kind of, yeah. you know, they're penny pinchers. They kind of always have been. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I know. But they did sign Yelich to the big extension. Yeah. Yelich. I, I think that's their other problem is Yelich and Hira just didn't hit this year at all. So. Are you amazed how big a gap they are ahead in the National League Central? No, because, I mean, all the other teams kind of suck, too. Oh, well, the Cubs suck, the Pirates suck. Yes, that's obvious. I don't think the Cardinals are even that great either. I was, my boss is, um, I don't know why I'm pointing behind me like my boss is yeah, right here. Yeah, my boss but, is right here. <laughs> I'm in the office, but my boss and uh, the other guy I work with, they're huge Cardinals fans, so I, I always give them shit. I'm like, I'm like, dude, and I told him the other day, I said, my Brewers aren't good. We just play in like the worst division in baseball, so we just get all the wins. Yeah, but they're, they're dominating. This is, I saw this today. On Twitter or wherever the hell I read it, this is the largest lead in the history of the Brewers franchise for the NL Central. They've never really? had a big, they've never had a lead this big. Their previous high was in 2011. They were up 10 and a half games. Now they're up 12. Willie Adamas, baby, taking us to the promised land. Former Tiger Willie Adamas. Go Tigers! Pretty cool. I loved. I, I wanted Willie to pan out in Detroit. Now two franchises later, he's been a revelation. All right, that's too much baseball talk for this segment. Uh, we got to get back to non-baseball stuff. Uh, chicken or steak? Uh, chicken. I, I got a workout guy, so chicken is my main food item. Um, the other day, my macros were messed up, so I ate three, a little over half a pound of chicken, and fixed it. So can never go wrong. You say your mackerels were messed up? Macros. So like my um, fat, protein, and um, carbs for the day. Oh, so you straighten it out with some uh, heavy yeah. protein intake. Eat, eat, eat a pound of chicken and you you fix it immediately. <laughs> uh, thighs or breasts? Breast. Yeah. Give me those thighs, man. Those are good. Well, I, you can't go wrong with chicken, honestly. I'll take whatever. Ah, there it is. I knew it. Uh, you know, some people might be surprised. I don't know, but not me. Utah! Hey, shut up, Utah. <laughs> All right, we're in Enrico's Inquisition. We're almost done here. We're going to get out of this one. A couple more questions, of course, for Joe. Uh, Joe, would you rather go on a vacation to a tropical climate or to a jungle? Uh, like, the, Would you rather go to the beach or like on a jungle safari? beach but I'm also I'll put in a third option I'm also the guy that just if I go on vacation I just want to stay at home staycation third staycation if if I'm on vacation I'm running around so much if I'm on vacation just give me like three days off at my house and do nothing yeah people don't know that about Joe Joe's on the move a lot for his job he's always on the go around this uh, wonderful country of ours yep it's fascinating Uh, most miles you put on one day in a car Oh, for work, I drove from Nashville, Tennessee, and I had to drive down, hit some sites in Mississippi, and I had to drive down all the way to the bottom of Louisiana. I was probably, from the time I left Nashville to the time I got to my hotel in Louisiana, it was probably about 16 hours, maybe 18, so... It was fun. I'll, the exact mileage, I can't remember, but it was, um, I was tired. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a trip, no doubt about yeah. it. I drove down to 
Georgia last uh, July, late July there from Michigan, and we did it straight through. And by the last hour or two, I was starting. Uh, uh, I was getting bleary eyed and oh crap! But you gotta, you don't want to die, so you have no choice. Yeah, the longest, the longest minute is the last minute on the road. You just like just give me home now. <laughs> Yeah, what's worse, uh, the last minute when you're exhausted or if you're driving home and you got to take a dump? Dump. Yeah, that's way worse. God, yeah. that's so bad. We all know that feeling. We're all human beings. Don't try to lie to us, folks. We know what's going on. All right. <laughs> and then finally, Joe. For love or money? Love or money? That's the question, right? That's it. That's it. I always say I'd rather be happy than be rich. And I feel like for love, I feel like if I have love, I'm probably happier. So I go love, I guess. I, I don't think. I think. Yeah. I, I, I mean, also money, though. Financial. It's not being rich. It's financial stability. If you are financially stable, you don't have stress. So I'm saying I'm staying with love. That's what we're going to do. You had it right for the start, Joe. Well done. Joe survived Enrico's Inquisition, and thanks for playing. Hopefully you learned a little bit about, more about Joe. Oh, what the hell is this? Oh, my God. I, just, I got the... <laughs> I have these headphones that have sensors on them, so if... Like, you can change the track by just touching it, or you can start <laughs> something by just... So I just started all this music started playing. That's so weird. I was wow. wondering what's going on. Did you hear that? No, I, I just, I, I saw you come. <laughs> <I'd compete>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was odd. All right, there it is. We're talking with Joey G on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Something you YouTube too. You know, going in the off season, we really want to beef up the numbers. So when we come back for 2022, we have a bigger presence on YouTube. We can do it. I know we can do it. Triple Play has 1,100 subscribers. We can get there. Come on. I love Triple Play. I'm a part of the Triple Play crew, but I feel like we should at least be on par with them. I was going to say, we need a Triple Play uh, Palazzo uh, collaboration. Get you both just as many followers as we can. That's right. We need to have like a potathon or something so we can get these sub numbers up. But either way, we love connecting with you guys however you do it, whether you absorb it through the podcast version or you watch the live stream on YouTube. Thank you for being a part of the show. It's now time to play the fastest growing game in the nation it's called name that runner-up fab bid joe do you know how this game's played yep i've heard it before all right great here we go it's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation that's right. It's time for Name That Runner Up Fabbit. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's time to name that runner up Fabbit. We're still doing Fabbits. There's only a few weeks left. I think we got three, three more Fab runs. I believe. Maybe, maybe four. Because the season ends October 3rd, I believe. Either way, you got fab bids coming up this weekend, next week, so let's get to it. Let's get our fab practice on. Joe, I'm going to give you a fab bid, that one, and you're going to tell me what that runner-up fab bid is, right? I'm for it. Woo! 
Okay, here we go. Let's go head on over to my main event league, which has been, man, it's been a barn burner. Still hanging tough there. Never gave up. Ian Happ has caught tremendous fire. So the fact that I never dropped Ian Happ is really starting to pay off right now because he gave me nothing for basically four months. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I never dropped him, though. Is I don't know if there's a more streaky hitter in baseball than him. He really is streaky. Uh, maybe a Jonathan Scope that's in the conversation as well. There's there's a couple guys who are just known for their ridiculous streakiness. Oh, hey, Louis Urias had a home run tonight. Does that make you happy? Oh, yeah. I mean, give my Brewers more home runs. I'm fine with it. Woo, Brewers are up 4-2 to two on Cleveland in the fifth. Live update there. Louis Urias has been great. I've had him in several leagues, and I love him. I think that trade is going to work quite well for the Brewers, by the way. That Louis Urias deal they made, very smart move. I loved it. Having said that, I'm going to give you this main event transaction. So in my last fab run in the main event, Lane Thomas was picked up for $16. Lane Thomas of now the Washington Nationals. He used to be known as a St. Louis Cardinal, a team that you're familiar with, Joe. Um, But now he's a Washington National. He went for $16. Name that runner-up fab bid. Eight. Not bad, not bad. 12. The answer was 12. Someone, oh. someone tried to get him, and 16 was a winner, but 12 was the runner-up bid there. Uh, a little bit surprising. Uh, how about this one? Josh, Josh, Josh and Joe Barlow. Is there a Josh? There's no Josh Barlow. There's Joe Barlow. Wait, there's Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow, but, yeah. But there's no I forgot. Josh I forgot Barlow. there was even a Joe Barlow, so thank you for reminding me. Uh, not a very memorable player, uh, Joe Barlow. Joe Barlow went for twenty-one dollars to. And this is the team name, uh, Enoa's Big Brown Beaver, Huasker Enoa. That is twenty-one dollar bid. Name that runner-up bid. Uh, this is a Texas Rangers. I'm trying to remember. As I said, I've been out of the loop, but I remember at one point the Rangers rotation was kind of up in the air or their closer situation. So not a lot of people have bad bids. Six. I'm going to go six. Six. Very, very close. Nice job. The answer is seven. Seven. That was really good, dude. One off. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. How about in the Tag Team Satellite League? Me and Eric Cross are... Partners in the Tag Team League featuring some heavy hitters in this 15-team league on NFBC. We've been battling for first place over the last week or so after we had a nice, comfy lead. That damn Mike Curland. Yeah, Curland and Waxman are on our tail. It's getting interesting. Who knows what will happen as this season winds down. But for the fab bids, that means it's still been very intense. Okay, so just to lay the, the, the story out for you. Aaron Ashby. You're familiar with Aaron Ashby's work, right? Oh, yeah. Love that sinker. $29 was the winning bid for Aaron Ashby. What was the runner-up bid on the $29 winner? All right. I don't know why, but I think it's either going to be $23 or $18. I feel like those are two good numbers. Let's go 23 both of those would have been inaccurate. The answer is $12. $12. Looks like not a lot of belief. Someone really... Roto streamer. That looks like uh hmm, who is Roto Streamer? I don't even know who that is. I think it's definitely Michael Simeone because it's streamer. It's one half that's like a half name, streamer, Roto. So twenty nine bucks. They were all in on Aaron Ashby. Very excited about his performance recently. Do you like Aaron Ashby's future? 
I like Aaron Ashby's uh, future most definitely. Um, I don't know if he'll be a big strikeout guy because he's, you know, more sinker oriented, but I think he can get soft contact and a lot of ground balls. The interesting thing with him is he actually has a curveball that he doesn't throw often, but it's actually a pretty good curveball. Um, 78 or 78, 79 miles an hour and 60 inches of drop. Don't huh. see that very much. So, but I, I, I'm going, going a little tangent, going to be really quick. I'm guessing it's because a curveball is good to feature when you have a four seam high rise, four seam fastball. He throws a sinker, so it probably doesn't mix well with his arsenal, and that's why he doesn't throw it. Fascinating. Okay, that's good stuff. Good stuff, Joe. And Aaron Ashby, uh, is he related to the Ashby clan? Do we know that? I haven't looked it up. You're talking like, uh, what was his name? Allen um, and Allen. Andy. I think there's um, two other Ashbys I can think of. They have to, he has to be. Father Andrew. Father is... Andrew Ashby, Andy, that's I, Andy Ashby, that's him. Yeah, yep. I, okay. I think that I don't know. That's what Wikipedia says, so that might be wrong. Oh boy, Andy Ashby was a solid, uh, solid little player. He was, he was around for a while. He pitched for the Padres, I believe. I think, I think of him as a Padre, but he played for a few different teams. So he was around for a long time. He had a long career. So uh, if he can have a career like his dad's at all, that would be great. In fact. Here it is, yeah. Look at that. a career, ninety-eight wins, one hundred and ten losses, four point one two ERA during the steroid era. So that's not bad. Yeah, actually, uncle, it, uncle is Andy Ashby. I'm sorry, like, oh, Uncle Andy. Okay, that makes more sense. Either way, they're related and they're close. Andy Ashby had a two ninety-four ERA in nineteen ninety-five. What a great season that was! One hundred ninety-two innings pitched. That's pretty good. Yeah, there's some. It's always fun looking back at old pitchers that you forget were so dominant. Especially the lineage. I love the lineage pitchers. That's a lot of fun. Good times. All right, there it is. We play a little bit of Name That Run Up Fabbit. That was a lot of fun. Woo! There it is. Palazzo Podcast. Me and Joe Gentile getting down, getting funky here. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. That's the way to live life around here. You want to be a part of the crew? Just sub us. You talk. Hook up with us. Give me two. Have some fun. Enjoy your lives. Enjoy fantasy baseball. Have a good time while doing it. We give you entertainment. We also give you information. That's the whole point of the show. So, having said that, it's time to close it out on the final segment. Now, this is a fun segment. It's about keeper conundrums. Players that we're going to give you twos. Pair. This guy versus this guy. And we're going to decide which of those you would keep if you were forced to choose between one of them for your keeper squad. I think it's a fun idea. It's a good time. Uh, the nerds love it. They're always loving that kind of stuff. Nerd! We, I'm a nerd, too. Uh, you know, Being a nerd is cool now. It used to be weird. Being a nerd used to be like, oh, my God, it's not cool anymore. Revenge of the Nerds, they had their moment in the 80s. Now being a nerd is just part of being a regular person, frankly. It's not, it's not a negative at all. What do you think, Joe? Uh, no, I think it's almost cool to be nerdy now. I mean, look at the Pokemon cards. Look at it. You can <laughs> buy a house. If you kept your Pokemon cards, which I didn't, if you kept them, you could buy probably oh. a house with that. I'm so sorry to hear about that, dude. I didn't, I'd uh, never had a Pokemon card in my life. If that makes you feel any better. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
All righty. So let's get it going here. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mice we have up to bait. Wander Franco and Francisco Lindor. If you had to choose between one of these guys as a keeper, you might like to keep both, but let's say you have to decide between the two of these. Who would you choose? I'll tell you right now, Joe, between Wander Franco and Lindor, it's a no-brainer now. I'm taking Franco all day. An incredible on-base streak. Uh, he actually tweaked something today. He left the game in Detroit right here locally. Go Tigers! So that's unfortunate, but otherwise, uh, I, I think we might have seen. I don't. We might have seen Lindor's best. Maybe he overachieved. Maybe Lindor was just like really, really good with the power, and it was kind of a fluke. And maybe we'll never see that again. What do you think between these two? Um, Dynasty. I mean, it's obviously Franco. I think that's no brainer, right? Um, mm-hmm. But even for a keeper but league, you know, if it's like a 10, think, 10, 10 keeper league, you know, I think it's closer than people realize, but I'm going to go Franco because I've been really impl- impressed with his plate skills, not just the contact ability, but the plate discipline. Um, even though it's only an 8% walk rate, the actual plate discipline itself has been really impressive. And the reason I put these guys together was because Franco reminds me of an earlier Francisco Lindor. Like, their offensive profiles, I think, kind of match a little well. I think Franco has a little bit better play discipline, but I think the profiles kind of match. But I'll go Franco. Yeah, even in uh, Lindor's best years, he hit a lot of home runs, 33, 38, and 32 from 17 through 19. But some of the other numbers, he scores some big runs. He didn't drive in as many runs. He stole bases, which people love. That's great. Power, speed, combo is wonderful. But he never got on base at a great clip. His OBP was never really elite in any way at any point. And his, even his WRC+, plus, the best he ever had in those seasons, was 132. That's that's solid, but that's not like, you know, it's not Mike Trout or Jordan Alvarez 170s. You know, it's not super, super elite. So... Yeah, I, I'm going to be real. I think a lot of us will all be focusing on Lindor in 2022. What do we get? We're full season in New York, ready to rock. He's been in New York for a year. Will it be better? I'm going to be really, really curious, but I don't ever expect him to hit 35 home runs again. I just don't because the ball changed too, unless they change the ball again. So who the hell knows? I don't know. Uh, where, where do you think Lindor goes in drafts next year? This is a hard question. Ooh, well, I would off the top of my head, I think he's down like in the eighties. Yeah, I was gonna say like seventy-five. Who yep. who goes who goes first, Bellinger or Lindor? <laughs> I actually think Bellinger will still go first. I really do. I think people will think it's a it's a fluke, it's a one-off. He he got the bad shoulder. It led to a lot of swing tinkering, and it got worse and worse and worse, and he just became lost entirely now. I think it's salvageable. Oh, I'll be curious. Those are two guys that will be fun to watch next year. That's a great premise, though. I could, I love that idea. Who's going to be drafted first? I think because Bellinger's been an MVP and he's shown the power speed at a super top 10, top 15 overall player level, I think people are going to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt, a little more slack. If he has a good playoffs, too, that'll change things. See, that's what we need to see. Lindor's not going to get that opportunity in the playoffs. Bellinger will. Bellinger does lose first base eligibility probably in most leagues, though. 
Yeah, that's no good either. That does hurt him a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's, oh, that's interesting. Maybe uh, Lindor will surpass him. I, I, I don't know. I Wow. See, we're already... Th- this is so hard already. God. What a challenge it's going to be next year. But I look forward to that challenge. How about the next one? Jordan Alvarez versus Kyle Tucker. Two teammates on the Houston Astros. Which of these would you rather have as a keeper in a keeper situation? Kyle Tucker showing the power of speed this year. Jordan Alvarez can crush the ball. But there's always these little nicks he has, these injuries that slow him down, the knees, the other things that have happened. It's, oh, he's hurt here, he's hurt there, he's hurt everywhere. What about you, Joe? Who would you rather have here? I'm going to Alvarez. You just trust the bat more? Yeah. The only thing that scares me with him is injuries. And Tucker, you know, we just talked about him. You know who Tucker kind of reminds me of? Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's kind of, I actually I, had a, I, yeah, sorry. No, I, I just literally had a conversation with this same two players in it about 48 hours ago. I'm not even kidding. We were talking about Bellinger, and then we started talking about Tucker. We talked about how their swings are so similar in a way, these looping-ass swings. Is that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, looping. I mean, and when you look at the data, too, um, they have less raw power than I think people realize, but they just, with the swings they get under the ball and lift it. And so their home run totals are sometimes higher than their raw power. They still have like good pa- raw power. I don't want people to think like I'm thinking they're like Luis Arias up there at the plate. Like they have power, just not as elite as you'd think. But Jordan Alvarez, I'll ask you this. Um, based on his ability to drive the ball, raw power, and contact ability. How many hitters take plate discipline out of it? How many hitters do you think are better than him? Just from those three standpoints. Oh, man. Um, it, it, not too many. Uh, maybe, I mean, a Tatis, maybe. Yeah. Tatis, I was thinking Tatis, probably Acuna. Maybe. I think Trout. I think Trout's still in that conversation. He can still crush the ball. Yeah, Trout. But I, I think he's right there with them. Um, I just think he's a bigger guy, so he struggles to hit the balls outside the zone. But in in the zone, he he's, he does pretty well on making contact for how big he is. Um, and I, I think he could have a JD Martinez like big season like that. So, hmm. yeah, I, I don't. His bat is unquestioned to me. I, I don't worry about it at all. I never do. In fact, he's kind of underperformed in a way this year, in my opinion. Uh, you know what's interesting about Kyle Tucker, too? Kyle Tucker's hitting 290 on a 301 BABIP. That is tight. That is so tight. It, it's the uh, those fly balls in uh, Minute Maid. It's the perfect like park for him, I think. Yeah. Um, and That's interesting. Uh, what was I going to... I think Jordan... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make the show go long, but let me ask another question. Jordan has outfield eligibility. That's great. Does he gain more value, though, as a DH? Because we know he doesn't get hurt. Do DH guys have more value than we interpret? That's a really curious point. I, I hadn't actually considered that. You're right. I never thought a DH was a benefit in any way. I really didn't. I hadn't either until I started thinking of Jordan. I was like, if he DHs... Then he has less opportunity to get hurt. So do DH guys have a little what, added value? It was an implied benefit, though, with Nelson Cruz. It very much was. Yeah. Even if we didn't think about it, it is. It's implied in extending his career. 
Yeah, I think that's why Cruz has been able to play so long. So I'm wondering. So I mean, there's obviously a disadvantage by having a DH only guy. He can only play util, but if anything, this year has proven us guys can get hurt. So if a guy playing DH all the time, you have more faith in him staying healthy. Yeah, the thing about Jordan though, I'm really bummed in his OBP at 340. That's disappointing. His walk rate's at seven percent for a feared hitter. It should be much better than that. I would like to see uh, for OBP leagues purposes, but I mean, he's still hitting 280 and he's crushed new career high with 28 home runs. Anyway, he's only 23, right? 24 now. Yeah. He just turned 24 in June. So, uh, what is your? Where does he get drafted though? Top 30? Uh, Vlad Sedler. Um, he he said he was borderline first rounder. So I'm gonna what? say. Probably he, he he made his list a couple. Of weeks I saw ago. that. I did yeah. see that. I just didn't and see he, his name on there. Yeah. So I think probably twenty five. Twenty five sounds right. Right. That'd be second. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Top thirty. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll pay that price just because he's so so talented and he's still growing. Man, by the time he's twenty seven years old. I mean, this guy should be an MVP, a borderline MVP. He should dominate all four cat, no steals. We'll never see the steals, but everything else, he should fill all that up. He really should. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is the next kind of JD Martinez guy. I, I think he's going to be. There's going to be one season where he hits like something like three fifteen, three thirty with like forty five home runs, like pushing fifty, and he's just going to like. It's it's going to it's going to be like a Miguel, Miguel Cabrera season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. Miggy. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. (laughs) I should say prime. Prime, Yeah, very important to say prime, Miggy. I agree. Yes. I I know you are loving that contract, so. (laughs) I don't even care now. I mean, AJ Hinch is such a great manager, and there's so much optimism all of a sudden. It's really weird. It's actually, uh, it's like, get the 3,000 hit next, next April, and then that'll be it. So that's what we're doing. And we there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So that's exciting in a way. The next one we got Ty France and Jeff McNeil. Wow. Now, those of you that listen to the Palazzo podcast all season long and in the and in spring training and way back in January, I talked a lot about Ty France and how much I love Ty France. And although he's not going to win the batting title, which is one of the insane fantasy takes I had at a certain point, that it, we didn't quite get there, but damn it, he's still showing that ability to possibly win a batting title down the road here. He's still developing, and he has a hit tool, a very special hit tool. And he can walk. He's got great plate discipline. I love what he brings to the table. So I used to love Jeff McNeil more than anything. I was a huge Jeff McNeil honk. I drafted him like a fiend. Even coming into this season, I was like, all right, 2021, Jeff McNeil's going to give me everything I hope for. And that is not what happened at all. I'm done with Jeff McNeil officially. I'm retiring from the Jeff McNeil sweepstakes. And this one to me is a no-brainer. Ty France all day. Yeah, I kind of knew you were going to go Ty France when I put that in there. Um, I love Jeff McNeil, though. I do. Yeah, I think I'm there with you, though. I think France, I mean, we've seen McNeil's ceiling. And, it was, I mean, what he hit? 318, 23 home runs. Okay, that's a pretty good ceiling right there. Um, but we haven't been there in a couple of years now. Yeah, that's that was two years ago. Um I don't know. I like he's the upside. Of, I like the upside of France. I, I think France has more raw power than uh, uh, McNeil. I mean, if France hits twenty-five home runs and 
has a batting average over 280. Are you going to be surprised next year? Nah, no, nope. no, especially what he's I mean, done this year. He only had a six and a half percent walk rate too. It's kind of crazy. Seems like he he walks more than that. I'm kind of surprised by that number. Uh, France. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I, yeah, just looks like uh, he's aggressive. Which aggressiveness always? I think um, in terms of fantasy baseball, aggressiveness isn't a bad thing. Sometimes um, aggressiveness might lead hmm. to less strikeouts and stuff. So it's there's a very weird give and take and this is something one of the projects i have going on it's a weird give and take of if you swing less does it help you or hurt you like some players might swing less it might help them and some players might swing less and it hurt them because you know you're seeing more balls in the zone so that's more strikeouts so i think there's it's like a fine line you want to meet but well over the last four or five four years or so too his babip to average ratio it it shows that he's not a guy that gets a lot of luck. I mean, this guy tattoos it. He hits hard line drives, puts it into play. And you could trust that this guy's floor. I really think his average floor is like 270 going forward. I really do. Yeah. I think he's got more power in the tank. I just want to see that. I forget what Cronenworth did, but like that where Cronenworth went off on the power tear, I think France could do that too. Yeah, Cronenworth died, though, in the second half this year. It's been a very, 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 very quiet second half for Mr. Jake Cronenworth, unfortunately. Yeah. But Ty France, if Ty France could hit 30 home runs, I'd that would be a big boom. If that power's in there, he hit 27 in 2019 at AAA, but that was only in 348 plate appearances. Then again, it's PCL West Coast AAA, too, where the ball flies out like, you know. Uh, what is something that flies easily? Uh, a bird. Yes, birds fly easily. So he also had a 400 batting average. So that, yeah, that was <laughs> that was stupid. That was the minor league period that really put him on the map. People were like, oh my god, this guy. And uh, I think that Jerry Depoto really, really is looking smarter and smarter as a GM in Seattle, putting together a tight squad, a squad that has actually battled for a wild card, is still battling for a wild card right now. It's bonkers to me. And Ty France is one of the reasons why. Making that trade he made last year, the monster deal with San Diego, I think he definitely won that deal. I really do. Did you ever hear about Nelson Cruz's like final season in the minors, what he did? I don't know if that rings a bell. Back in 2008 when he, he just kept getting blocked. Like he was with the Brewers, he was blocked. They didn't start him in the outfield. He was with the Rangers. He was blocked by like, um, I think Hamilton was there and all that. Um he in 448 plate appearances, he hit 37 home runs, hit 342 with a let me see with a 429 on base percentage and a 695 slugging. Hot damn, that is impressive right there. That's the kind of shit that makes someone a legend. If he if he would if he would have now he tested positive for steroids, so maybe he wouldn't Aww. have a Hall of Famer. But if he would have been up earlier, like three or four years earlier, he might be a like Hall of Fame consideration. And he was a yeah. good defender back when he was younger. <laughs> okay. Uh find the last one here. This is a great one. I love this one. This is a challenge. Shane McClanahan, who just went on the IL with back stiffness. Sounds like bullshit to me. Sounds like saving the innings for the playoffs. Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros or Tarek Skubal of my Detroit Tigers. Go Tigers! 
I don't even know where to start here because I love McClanahan and I love Garcia and I really like Scooble. How do we delineate here? How do we break this down and make the right choice? Imagine having to face this challenge. McClanahan, Garcia, Scooble. It's, that's how you got it. It's very clear cut for you. Yeah, I think McClanahan, McClanahan and Garcia probably stuff-wise are really close together. But McClanahan being a left-hander, I think gives them an advantage. There's something we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna on another tangent. I'm sorry. Um, there's something weird. I'd love if Eno or someone looked into this um, stuff. Plus, if I if I had a left-hander or right-hander with like the same stuff plus or something, I have a feeling the left-hander would have a little bit better results. And it makes sense. I mean, that's why people want left-handers, but left-hander stuff seems to play up more than uh, right-handers. And I, I, that's something I want to look into. Wow. That would be really curious. Yeah, somebody get on that. One of you smarty pants over there. Paul Mamino even. You know what you're doing with that stuff. I'd love to get some information on that. In fact, Paul Mamino just did a breakdown of Luis Garcia on our latest Rota Fanatic half-hour variety show. And I asked him to do that because Luis Garcia so, so cheap. I mean, you could basically get him at the end of drafts. Nobody was drafting him heavily. He was at the end of drafts very cheaply, and you could you end up getting a massive return this year. He looks like a studly player. He mixes in with some guys like he has similar numbers and certain stats to Brandon Woodruff. He's in some elite company. If you listen to that Road Fanatic half-hour variety clip that uh, Paul did on today's show, you'll hear more about that. So I strongly, strongly recommend if you're into Luis Garcia and you want to learn more about him and who he kind of comps to, to check that out. But, uh, yeah, McClanahan, uh, Tarek Skubal's third here. Why is, he, why is he third to you? People are going to get mad at me when I say this, but Skubal yeah. stuff I don't think is as great. I might be wrong. I'm no pitching coach, but I don't think his stuff is as good as we think it is. I I think him being a left-hander might give him better results, though. So that's that's the interesting thing. I can't quantify. It's hard to quantify. But not saying Scooble's bad, but like when you think Scooble, you you think he's probably like in that McClanahan tier, right? Uh, I I don't I don't know. McClanahan seems really special. Yeah. I think some people might see him in that tier, and I just I don't think he's there. I think there's a floor. It's kind of like Patrick Corbin. You know how his results were great, but there's something just weird with the Arsenal. And I think mm-hmm. uh, Eno even did an article on it. Like a dude at Driveline was like, I don't get Patrick Corbin's slider, like why it's so good. Um, and we saw the brakes fall off um, this season. Or last season, really, but I don't know. There's something weird with left-handers. I'm going to say that. I don't know what it is, but there's something weird going on. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Joe Madden was impressed by Tarek Skubal somewhat recently. He said that uh, there's something this man has. He's an outstanding pitcher. So, if you believe Joe Madden knows baseball, who knows? You know. I mean, Skubal could still be good, but for ranking these three guys, this is how you see it. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, anyone would make a pitcher look good against the Cubs, unless it's well, Frank Spindell. The Angels. Don't forget, Joe's on the Angels now. <sighs> it's, <laughs> it's late. Hey! <laughs> anyway, 
Scooble stuff has come along quite well, so I'll be curious to see. I wonder if Scooble moves up to two ahead of Luis Garcia, but I'll slow my roll on that for now. To me, McClanahan's the number one guy here because the Rays are really good with their pitching, and McClanahan is such a—he's got such an arsenal of those three pitchers. He has the best arsenal, so I agree. I agree with that all the way. Ah, Nelly! Well, we did it, man. We did a show. What do you think, Joe? How do we get here? How do we pull it off? I think we pulled off pretty good. I'm a. a I feel pretty good. Yeah, your energy, your energy kept me up. I'm sorry. I might have been a little uh, like like a day school today. Um, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I think we got through it. No, it was great. It was a great show. Thanks for being here, Joe Gentile FT on Twitter. Make sure you follow Joe. Joe's gonna be doing some cool stuff. He already mentioned it. He's got some interviews in the hopper. Some stuff he's working on. His own little projects. Joe's also a really good dude. And he's a great follow because he knows what it takes. If you need that extra push, Joe might push you over the edge there in a good way. Help you out. Get you where you need to go. I know this. When the Plausible Podcast has on guests like Joe, it's a good thing. It helps us grow. And we thank you guys for listening, watching the show, contributing. You talk. In any way possible. Give me two. Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's, as Mr. Gary Busey just said. Uh, next week, we'll be on with, uh, I believe, Peter Pratt. Peter Pratt from the Roto-Brits, our international duder, is going to come on the Palazzo podcast. So that'll be a good time. And we'll wrap up the season here. We're almost at the end. Uh, Joe, any final words as we close out this season? Just got to say, best podcast host around in fantasy baseball. <laughs> hey, it's me. Look at me. I can speak. <laughs> hey, thanks, Joe. No, I, Joe, thank you. I appreciate that. Joe was not just saying that. He was not paid for this appearance either, so you know he means it when he says it. So thank you, Joe. Just Joe. If my if my check bounces after the show, I'm going to go on Twitter and tell everyone. Well, that's fine. I mean, I've been out <laughs> it before, and I've had a lot of terrible, terrible experiences in my life. I'll get, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Trust me. It's all good. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the podcast version. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. For myself, Christopher Deary, and Joe Gentile. These once promising names litter my mind When the Tigers selected this year Their logic suddenly became crystal clear Akil Badu, his father's from Ghana Is all I want to say to Akil Badu, his walk-off winners, his innocence is tried and true. Akil Badu inspires us all, is all I want to say to you. Akil Badu, rookie of the year, the meaning is not lost on us here. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England.
So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.